0: Da 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 Well, hello and welcome back to the Master Your Voice podcast, a podcast for singers about singing. I'm your host, vocal pedagogue and soprano Heidi Voss. Today we are talking about back to school. It's that season again. School buses are back, carpools are organized, all the supplies are picked over at Target and families are settling into their new routines. It's about this time every year that I start getting those emails and phone calls, parents looking for lessons or referrals for private instruction to encourage their budding musicians. With that in mind, I wanted to take the opportunity to offer some practical advice for all those seeking guidance in this arena. My first piece of advice is to keep things age-appropriate. For some musical disciplines, the earlier you can get kids started, the better. I've seen incredible results with students starting a Suzuki method for violin or piano before a child can even grasp the concept of letters or numbers. Other methods for musical acquisition require a basic level of literacy to begin studying a specific instrument. In addition, there are wonderful early childhood programs that introduce musical concepts to the smallest of babies, laying the foundation for study later in life. As with linguistic aptitude, the window for increasing musical aptitude seems to close by the end of the first decade of life. In short, the sooner you introduce children to music, the more likely that that child will have the capacity to develop virtuosic skill. The evidence for this approach amongst professional musicians is overwhelming. That said, singers have to consider not only musical development, but physiological readiness. The voice has to be grown enough to handle the rigors of technical challenge that proper study entails. Just like you would not encourage your six year old to start working toward their career in weightlifting, you don't want to rush into those technically heavy private voice lessons. In my own studio, I will not work with a student whose voice is unchanged, and this usually coincides with the onset of puberty. There are several reasons for this. First of all, the instrument will change, and maybe quite rapidly. Best to let nature run its course before you start setting the technique and the technical parameters of that sound. I liken the analogy to furnishing a house before you've even completed framing it. You should have all of the elements in place before you start organizing them. In addition, proper vocal study is highly technical and personal. Most children are not adequately prepared for the academic conversations that arise in a proper lesson. Of course, an instructor can dumb some of the information down, but you're not likely to get much more out of a private lesson like that than you would from a basic choir or music theater rehearsal. In addition, private study can be quite expensive. Investing the time and money into building an instrument that a singer will inevitably outgrow is really a poor investment. On the other hand, children can and should work on pre-technical skills like sight-reading and age-appropriate repertoire. More on this in another post, I promise, because it is really important. Another argument for voice lessons for children would be that it is guided playtime. In an ideal situation, if a child is taking a quote-unquote voice lesson, they are connecting with an adult that is building their musicianship and encouraging them to play. In addition, a good voice teacher can help musically prepare a child for auditions, help choosing appropriate repertoires and repertoire pieces and preparing their cuts, more like a coach. If you feel like you simply must have your seven-year-old in a voice lesson, these are the areas where they can focus some attention. Assuming that the child connects with the teacher, at the very least, they're using their time productively and enjoying themselves. Best case scenario, it won't hurt anything, you just... Just don't expect any long-term mastery from that strategy. If a student is not ready for formal voice lessons, then what can you do to set them up for musical success in the long run? Plenty. First, encourage studying an instrument. I highly advocate piano for all my singers, but any instrument will help develop strong musicianship skills. Remember, the window for developing musical aptitude closes long before a singer is really ready to start working on that vocal technique, so work on musicianship in age-appropriate ways. Playing an instrument is excellent for the development of oral skills and sight reading. Second, encourage them to sing in a children's choir. Even if choir is not their thing, it will help with basic vocal technique and sight reading. Choir participation also teaches terminology and rehearsal etiquette that will be applicable in other settings. Many churches and schools have choirs that have minimal or no participation fees, so they are very cost-effective ways to encourage your child's musical development. And as a sidebar, choir is also a wonderful way for kids to learn how to cooperate and work with others toward a meaningful individualistic goal. So it's excellent for social development. Third, seek out performance opportunities. Community theater, summer camps, and recreational programs are great ways for young singers to build those performance skills and encourage creativity. Remember, 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 at this age, it's all about play. That's how they're going to learn. Finally, create a musical environment. Play music with high quality singing in multiple genres. Surround your child in music and encourage their singing. Unlike studying a musical instrument, young singers don't need to be forced to quote-unquote practice. They usually sing all the time, (laughs) much to the chagrin of siblings and other people in the house. A singer tends to just constantly sing. Singers do not have the skills barrier that instrumentalists have. It would be a very strange thing to hear a three-year-old without any formal studies sit at a piano and play Rachmaninoff. But it's not odd to hear that same three-year-old sing with a complicated song on the radio. Singing is intrinsic and need not be formalized in young children. When a singer is older and working on technique and repertoire, they will need to develop formal practice habits. For children, singing is more play than work. And I can't stress that enough. Encourage that spirit and keep it fun. As we begin a new school year, I leave you with this final bit of advice. Enjoy the journey. Whether you have a young student just getting started and singing in the school choir, or you have a senior preparing for those stressful college auditions, remember that it's just singing and should be a source of joy, not stress. So keep it fun. Even for the most seasoned performer, singing time is still playtime, and there is nothing more fun than playing with your friends. Today's Q&A comes from a new group of private students I have in my studio who are looking for advice on college. So, this is a huge topic and one that I am sure I will jump into in very heavy detail in the future because I do have a lot of experience in this world. For those of you who don't know, I have been in higher ed since the year 2000. Yes, I'm that old. <laughs> I've been teaching at a university since the year 2000 and have worked with students in high school, throughout their college careers, and obviously work with tons of professionals. So my studio and my professional teaching work spans all of that, and I have tons of students that I've sent off to the university to study music in all different genres and fields, and I think the first place to start is at the end, actually, not at the beginning. A lot of students start thinking about college, about the actual school. Some of them think about the actual program, but very few think about the end goal, So I'm going to leave you with this thought. If you're considering college for your student in music, ask them what they want from that and where they want to be. So if they want to be a country singer, they probably don't want to go to Seattle. (laughs) They probably want to go somewhere in Nashville because so much of what you're going to do in those four years is going to have to do with networking, who you meet, who you start working with, and where you want to settle at the end of that journey. Or, as I like to think about it, at the beginning of your professional journey. So those four years in undergrad should link you to what you want to do in the next 30. So really start at the end. Don't start by thinking about the university itself. Think about geography. Where do you want to be? If you want to be on Broadway, now I know plenty of people who we've sent outside of New York for this, but really, if you want to be on Broadway, get as close to Manhattan as humanly possible and soak in that environment. If you want to be a film actor, it's pretty hard to do it outside of Los Angeles. So think about where you're going to settle and where you want to be after those four years. Because the four years of networking that you get while you're in undergrad are critical. Now I have tons more to talk about in terms of choosing a school and maybe taking advantage of some scholarships if you are a highly seasoned performer and want to get a leg up on paying down some of that debt. And also some probably hard to digest advice in terms of whether or not you actually need the four-year degree but we'll talk about that in future podcasts. The first thing I want my singers to think about when they're thinking about going on to college is not what I want for the next four years, but what do I want for the subsequent 30? And I hope that little bit of advice is helpful for my parents thinking about sorting out for my secondary school kids, my singers, what the next steps mean. And with that in mind, please remember that not every singer goes to college. In fact, most of them don't. And there are plenty of ways to scratch that creative itch that don't involve putting yourself into debt. So think of creative ways to be your best creative self. Now, if you know some singers who are looking for voice lessons and they're old enough to start, I am just getting scheduled with my studio here in Southern California. And of course, I always love working with students across the country and the globe on Zoom. For more information about my studio, please see www.vossvoice.com. That's Voss, V as in Victor, A, S's in Sam, S's in Sam.com. Reach out, check me out, see what I'm doing. And also, if you want some free advice and a friendly, friendly group of singers, join us on Facebook in the Master Your Voice Facebook group. Follow my podcast for more exciting interviews with new artists. And coming up, I've got some great interviews with relevant people in the field of singing and music and those who support us with our health and our wellness. We've got a great season of the Master Your Voice podcast coming up, and I can't wait to share it with you all. Until next time, just keep singing.